Hello, everyone, and welcome to Spoiler Alert, a weekly talk radio show for TV and movie lovers. I'm your lady host, Sonia Stanger, and I'm joined as usual by my fantastic and fanciful co-hosts, Sean Dunham and Jeremy Legui. Hi, guys. Oh, hello. Hello. How do? How do, indeed. <laughs> do how? Do, do so? Do host. <laughs> um, do host <laughs> do host March because <laughs> listeners, oh. it's March, and that means it's time for Spoiler Alert's annual March Madness tournament, where we select Ooh. one iconic actor and spend all month pitting their best movies against each other. And this year, <laughs> it's all about queer icon and decades-long master of her craft, Jodie Foster. Welcome to <laughs> the Foster Film Face-Off. Oh. I love it. Just uh, nine Fosters facing off against each other. I love nine it. Nine Fosters. Nine Jodies. For the next for the next three episodes, we'll each pick a movie for that week's designated category. Then all three of us will score all three movies according to the criteria set out in the Foster Film Formula, a carefully calibrated rubric that allows us to give Jody's performance a score of 0 to 15 in the following categories. Characterization, voice, physicality, tension and emotion, and style points. Whichever movie has the most points at the end of each episode moves on to our grand finale at the end of the month, where we'll decide which of Jody's performances from the top three movies reigns supreme. And how else could we possibly begin this high-octane competition but with three of Jody's early performances? This week, the category is childhood, and we chose Freaky Friday, Bugsy Malone, and Candleshoe. But before we get into it, there's something you should know. Oh my god. We are so excited to let our listeners know that CJTR is celebrating our 20th anniversary. CJTR was only able to start broadcasting because of the hard work of dedicated community members. A group formed in 1996 with the goal to bring community radio to Regina. As volunteers, this group fundraised and rallied the community, as well as conducting research, submitting paperwork, and organizing programmers in order to start broadcasting. After five years, they finally achieved their goal on November 1st, 2001, when CJTR began broadcasting on the airwaves in Regina. To celebrate this special milestone for all of March, CJTR will be hosting some special remote events and online activities. There will be special radio broadcasts, panel discussions, and we will be sharing memories and archival material from the station on social media. Make sure to follow CJTR on all of the social platforms or go to cjtr.ca to find more information about 20th anniversary celebrations. Feel free to write to the station to share your memories of CJTR by emailing radius at cjtr.ca with 20th anniversary on the subject line. We would love to know how CJTR has impacted your life in the community for the past 20 years. We would not continue to exist without our amazing volunteer programmers, our staff, and you, our dedicated listeners and avid supporters of community radio. Thank you for being here to celebrate this milestone with us. Insert birthday blower noise here. <laughs> 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 Sounded like okay. an elephant. <laughs> yeah, a very festive elephant. Thank you. And with that said, let's get Thank into you. the face off. Jets, yes, please. Who wants to start? Uh, well, I think Sean should start. I want to talk to Sean yeah. about what Sean picked. And it we feel, should talk to I Sean. I want to. I want to open by saying it feels like it's a value judgment on <laughs> what the per- people chose. But it's really not. It's something that I, obviously, none of us have seen probably most of these. And so I picked what I thought sounded the most interesting. And I also yes, will did. say, as an additional caveat, none of us chose Taxi Driver because you two both watched it recently and were obviously disturbed. And I just watched some clips <laughs> of her performance this week. And I was like, uh, looks great. Um, she's giving a bit of what we see this week anyway. And so there's a big caveat that Taxi Driver is not in this series. But anyway, so the film that I chose this week is called Bugsy Malone. (laughs) And what is it, you may ask? It's a literal (laughs) just like gangster movie starring only children, but they don't reference it at all. They just all of the children play like 
gangsters and like malls and dancers and speakeasy like people and that it's like brutally violent except that instead of guns it is cream pies and these kids are just out here killing people left and right but with cream pies (laughs) and so in that way it was actually incredible and amazing oh and also it's a musical but the children do not sing (laughs) they just (laughs) they sure don't they sure don't. They lip sync to full adult voices. It's I didn't Often even like quite as I was sadly. Telling, oh, terribly. Yes. I was telling you guys, I didn't know that they were trying to lip sync like for a while. That's how badly they were doing it. <laughs> um, so yeah, that is where we're at. And we see a young Jodie Foster playing Tulula. Um, and that is and, the character. And- <laughs> and may I and may I say that I I've got a lot of feelings about this movie. A lot of them are negative. I'm going to try and not let them affect what we're trying to do here today. Don't let the negativity <laughs> bleed in, Jeremy. I I don't want I don't want that to happen. This this is like the best way I can describe this is that it is the best filming and capturing of a child's like a child's elementary school play. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And at no point in time could I shake that from my mind. Like, oh. I, ju- I just kept I getting think, broken constantly. I think filming, and, uh, like, yeah. being on set for this, like, being one of these kids, would have been the best summer ever. Like, I think this is a blast. Probably. Especially it because... It seems like a summer camp. The director does not appear to have been particularly rigorous about making them redo takes that were bad. (laughs) There were so many points at which I was like, there is no way this was the best take they had. And if so, why couldn't they have just done one more? Uh, Let's just take another run at this one. There's probably Uh, like a child laws or something. Mm. They're like, we got to get off this set in 15 minutes. We got to (laughs) hustle. Several times I wondered if there was a parent just off camera mimicking all the words and actions that some of them were supposed to do. The, the leads, the leads did a good job. Like all, all I would say like the four, like the four main kids. Yeah. Scott, Scott Bayo was good. Yes. Um, the kid that plays Sat, fat Sam, I thought was really good. Yeah. yeah. Same. But um, just all, the, all the rest of the crazy, <laughs> like yeah. all the background, like there's like, there's 300 children on screen. There Almost is. at all times. <laughs> yeah, really it's is. chaos. <laughs> and it ends so. in a gigantic cast-wide musical number, song, dance, with every single actor head to toe covered in cream pie. <laughs> it's kind of a trip. Um, As I said, elementary school play. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, we got to get into this. We don't have much time. You're right. Let's do our thing. Let's do the scores. Uh, so the first category is characterization. What did y'all give Bugsy? Give Jody specifically in Bugsy. Yeah, not Bugsy. Mm-hmm. Key so distinction. So I, I gave eleven actually. Um, mm-hmm. I was surprised by this because I just assumed Jody would be the lead. That's her vibe, and she actually wasn't. She was like a very supporting character. She's not in it a ton. Um, she plays Tallulah, um, and she she plays like a gangster's like girlfriend um and she it's she gives her classic world weariness from a child that is so uh weird like i think that is what makes her such a striking child actress is you're like where did this sort of darkness come from (laughs) um i gave her a nine uh i i think that was mainly because of the the lack of the of jody um but it it was weird, Sean. Would you agree that she was like the most adult of all of them? She seemed As like she... she was an adult with in, yes. a, in a scene with a bunch of kids. Yeah, and I felt like that was weird. Like that, like like her ability to like act was affecting <laughs> her performance in the room of people who could not. Yeah, it made her <laughs> like she out. was too good. I uh, I don't know, like. It, it's weird to see a child act the way that they were making them act with without it being like cute or cheeky or fun because sometimes they did it 
but other times they didn't. And mm-hmm. a lot of it just made me uncomfortable. Mm, that's fair. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, in past March Madnesses, I feel like I've been on the high score end of things. Mm-hmm. So I'm interested to find that in this case, I have the lowest score for this category with an eight. Um, yeah. And that's because I just, I didn't feel that there was like that much characterization, which is not necessarily Jody's fault. Some of it's the movie and the role, but I feel like there were things that like I could have given her characterization points for that I gave her in other categories, you know, like, okay. anyway, but I agree that mm-hmm. like, she does give off these extremely adult vibes and it's the same in Taxi Driver. Not that that's relevant here, but she, like, I feel like she's better at this kind of role than some adult women I've seen, which is Oh, weird. definitely. Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. Okay. What about voice? Um, I gave her an eight. She does. Everyone's doing this like sort of gangster accent. She does it very well, very passively. Mm-hmm. Um, she delivers a lot of great deadpan one-liners, like with the timing that's so good, where she's just like, gets pied in the face, and then she's like, so this is show business? It's like, (laughs) just so, yeah, um, she's great, and, um, you know, she, oh, well, I'll I'll leave this for later, but yeah, I gave it an eight. Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna lay this out, I don't think anyone here is gonna like it, but you'll like where I arrive at, Hmm. uh. I thought she was doing a really good job, actually. Like, like again, much better than her peers. And then I saw a little lip sync, mm. wow. which I know is technically not her voice, but it's her character's voice. And I don't know if there was just a person singing it that she was trying to lip sync to and the tracks weren't done or what uh, what that was. Yeah. But I just divided it in twain and gave her a 7.5. Oh, you gave it the point twain. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I did that. It's my only point five. Um, that's fair. The lip sync did almost sway at all of my points for this because also I just <laughs> felt like she was weirdly low energy in that part. Part, but There's, um, did yeah. you guys? Did you guys feel that like there were a few things that were too sexual? Yeah. But anything that happened on that stage was like way I- inappropriate. Like when? Oh Am yeah, when they're doing when it's like a. A chorus line of like children, and they were like, yes. wah, 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 wah. It, "Yeah, I was like, whoa, okay." <laughs> it was Thank that you. was a, yeah. that was a shock. Back to you, Sonya. No, it's good. It's important that we take a stand on these things because um, our silence <laughs> is complicity. Um, <laughs> I, I gave her, I gave her a twelve for voice, actually, just because the May West of it all, I feel, was very powerful, and some of those line deliveries mm. were so. So excellent. So she did really uh, channel Mae West. Yeah, big big time. What about physicality? Um, so this is where my deductions for lip sync came in. I gave her a seven. <laughs> yeah. Um, she does the this like very low energy lip sync. My name is Talula. It's uh like just a and it's an earworm, <laughs> but it's a bad song. <laughs> And she does a bad lip sync, but in comparison to everyone else, she might have done the best from the film. But that does not mean it was not, it was very good. Yeah, it was so low energy. She just kind of floated around the stage. And maybe she was trying to like match the energy or like do a bit of a Mae West, like sidle around or whatever, but it was rough. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, I gave her an eight. Uh, it's. I think it's more to do with the context of what was going on, and now that you sort of pointed it out, Sonia, in like its relation to like her acting up in other things, it might just be the context that's making me feel this way. Um, because she did a good job, but it was just it's a lot of it was like she was acting too adult around a bunch of children. Mm-hmm. So yeah. again, you know, too good of a job for the for what she was doing. <laughs> Yeah, fair. Um, yeah. I also gave her an eight for this one, also influenced by the lip sync, just because I couldn't understand. I couldn't understand the lack of connection and energy. Um, and there wild. were a few it other parts where I just was like, issue. yeah, I don't know. Um, but yeah, I think eight is fair. Um, tension and emotion. So I actually gave this a 12 
because I was like, this is a she's giving a real performance in this super dumb movie. Um, like there's a moment where she's watching Scott Bayo watch Blousy Brown, um, and you can see her sort of realize that she, that her ship has sailed with him and he's not into her anymore. And then she can sort of, and then she just kind of hardens herself and adjusts and is like, just keeps on carrying on. But you can like see all this through just her watching him. And I was like, this is a very skilled actress. Um, I, well, in, in, I, it's also one of my high ones. I gave it a 10 as well. Well, I gave it a 10. Um, I, yeah, I think she's doing a lot of the work here. And I think any, anytime she's on screen, it's okay. Not like, not that the movie's okay. That's not what I want to convey here. But, um, like, you know. <laughs> You've made your point a, clear, okay? She's a good, she's a good character whilst on screen. And, uh, you know, her and Scott can sort of carry this entire thing, probably. <laughs> Kate, this is a side note, but I think it's really interesting that you guys think Scott was good. I, I think I Scott did not. Good. Huh? Well, like, but like, did you think he was good? Like, okay, I guess the question is, is do you guys think that this is a movie where children should be acting like adults or should it be sort of tongue in cheek children acting like adults, but things are funny because it kind of goes in and out of that. Yeah. Yeah. And that's where I like a lot of my issues lie with it. I think like if it was much more silly, I think it would have been okay. Yeah. Yeah, Like like the, the, yeah. The scene where those four like gangster kids like do us just dance number that scene, I was lolling because it was just yeah. straight up like from a kid's play. Yeah. Whereas, like, yeah. even from the start with the the cream pie, is that what they were? Was it like? <laughs> yeah, yeah, they use this. You use the splurge gun, the splurge. which yeah. is like a Gatling gun for cream <laughs> pies. <laughs> anyway, uh, even like the very first scene, I just felt was really weird because like the kids are acting so seriously. And that's the only element that's like goofy about it. And I wonder if they should have gone more goofy. Jeremy's notes. Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, yeah. Anyway, that's all. That's all. Sanj, <laughs> you were saying. Um, yes. Uh, style points is our last category for this film. Um, I gave a nine. Um, I think that other children could have done this role. Um, but she gave it sort of a groundedness and a legitimateness that, as we've said, it was bizarre to see in a film like this. But, you know, it was very surprising. And she, you know, you cannot argue with this raw talent. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I gave it a 10, 10, 10 for style. Um, I, I like she's definitely there. And, you know, had she had more screen time, perhaps her jodiness would have. Uh, been more prominent, uh, which I think that this film could have used, honestly. Um, she could have played the other girl. She should have mm-hmm. played Blousey okay. Brown. I was so surprised yeah. when she wasn't her. Yeah, same. Yeah. But I don't know. I, like, as weird as some of it was, I do think she was so good in this particular mall type role. Um, and so I gave her a 10 because mm. I think that, yeah, I think she brought a lot of style to it. Um, so we will leave Bugsy Malone for now and see how things shake out and where it stands compared to the others. Um, but maybe we which, haven't heard the last of Bugsy. <laughs> perhaps Ooh. not. That would be a real dark horse situation. Um, <laughs> which one Which one should we do next? Uh, we can talk about Candleshoe. Um, had, the, have you guys not seen this before? The inexplicably named Candleshoe. <laughs> inexplicably, <Yeah>. but also... <laughs> Endlessly iconic candle shoe. <laughs> yeah, you've you guys had never seen this movie before. No, no. I had never heard of this. Oh man, dang! This is like uh, I think this came was it with bed knobs and bro- broomsticks or something? It was like a two pack. Mm. Oh, that, like, I get. They have the same energy for sure. Big yeah, time. B and B energy. Think, but, but I think someone like just like literally cellophane two VHS tapes together and put a five dollar sticker on it. And my mom was like, they'll like this. You know, like that. I think that's how mm-hmm. that happened. Um, anyway, in short, Candle Shoe is a 1977 American family adventure film. Um, and it's kind of like a, a, 
um, Anastasia meets uh, Treasure Hunt mystery mm. movie. Um, that is where, very apt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, where jo- Jodie Foster is uh, is hired. Uh, is is forced? <laughs> yeah, maybe I don't know by this man who is going to get her to pretend to be the great granddaughter of uh, a woman who unknowingly has a treasure at her uh, English estate candle shoe, and um, <laughs> they have some clues that will sort of get her started off, but they need to sort of like sell off that this is the girl, and they use a woman who used to work there to get all this inside information. And um, it's just kind of like a fun, crazy, like four plots simultaneously going on, weaving in and out of one another sort of situation. Yeah. It's a caper. It's like a, there, there's so much going on here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's, it's just really fun. I loved it. It was. Yeah, I know. Fun. It's, it's so good. Um, uh, do you want me to start off with my scores then? Sanj, Let's do time? it. Yeah. Okay. So for characterization. Um, I gave it a big old 13. Wow. Yeah. Um, it, it would be pretty hard for me. Like, this is kind of like, I think this is probably the first thing I saw Jodie Foster in. So like, it's, it's hard for me to separate. And I know that's, that's more of a style situation, but you never forget your first Jodie. Apparently. (laughs) And it's, it's, it's stuck in deep because she's kind of maybe just playing herself. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Like, but it's work. It, yeah. Actually, that kind of justifies my whole situation here. That just really works for me in terms of who the character is and how that person's supposed to act. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um. So I again really enjoyed this movie. It was really fun. I gave her characterization mm-hmm. a seven. Uh, mm-hmm. I was just pretty meh on her character because it did. Unless she's just so chilly natural that she, it just kind of felt like I'm like, I bet this is how Jody is. And mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know. I, she just doesn't, wasn't given much to do besides just be sort of a street rat. But like, again, instant queer icon. Mm-hmm. Oh, like from yeah. the opening scene, I was like, whoa. Same with Freaky Friday, which we'll talk about. But I was like, this is a mm-hmm. very gay child. <laughs> yeah. Like this is and I mean that with so much overtly less. homosexual child. Yeah. Um, I gave her I gave her a 12 for characterization, because even though I do think this is probably sort of just what Jody was like as a 13 year old. Um, yeah, it was very effective. And like, Ooh. I thought it was quite a complete characterization. And actually, she like packed quite a bit in even though there isn't a ton of like nuance to this character anyway um voice um i gave her an 11 uh for the sort of the same reasons like i don't think there's an awful lot of work going on but gosh darn do i feel that it's appropriate <laughs> so yeah <laughs> um i don't I al- to do that i also gave her an 11 i love she speaks like she's a jet like, she's just like, I'm from New York. And she's like, hey, thanks for the plums. Like, from um, Los Angeles. Oh, yeah, she's <laughs> from L.A. Um, and her voice is so solid and just so surprising to just come out of just like a child. It's just like has so much mm-hmm. power and like resonance. Sonia? Oh, sorry. I was a little bit frozen there for a second. Um, oh, that's okay. But I agree with the last thing I heard you say, Sean, which is that, like, her voice is surprisingly strong and resonant in this wild way. Um, mm-hmm. And I gave her a 12. Because, yeah, I think that she had a really cohesive kind of way of expressing things and, like, way of speaking, some of which I know is writing. But it just really, I don't know, I found it very convincing. Um, physicality, Jer. Um, I also gave it an 11. Um, and, uh, you know, there is some, like, physical stuff going on, the, like, tomato fight and everything is really, you oh, know, yeah. like, fun and crazy. Um, but, you know, there's nothing really, like, nuts in the sort of final fight scene. You know, it's very playful and, and weird, but, you know, it's not, like, nothing crazy going on. Mm-hmm. Um, I gave a 9 just because she has this, like, the the swagger of her being just, like, this pretty cruel bully 
Like, can we open where she just is like messing with people for not really any reason? And then, yeah, when yeah. she's at Candle Shoes, she literally beats up like all of the foster kids. And then at the end, engages in like a lot of hand to hand combat with like grown yeah. men. It's very intense. Um, and as an aside, Home Alone owes this film a debt because there's like six shticks that they do. Where it's like, oh, uh, something on a rope down the stairs or whatever. I, anyway. 100%. Home Alone owes this film a big debt. But you know I what, guys? The listeners are going to be left on tender hooks to find out what my score was because it's time now for us to take a quick break to hear a word from our sponsors. We'll be right back with the Foster Film Face-Off here on Spoiler Alert on 91.3 FM CGTR Regina Community Radio. Tuned into the community. Welcome back to Spoiler Alert. We are going to get back to our first episode of the Foster Film Face-Off in just a minute. But first, um, do you guys know what time it is? No. It's game time, people. What? Sean is always so surprised. For those who don't know, if you're just tuning in, this game the game is where I spend literally five seconds this week picking a title related to our topic that these two have hopefully not seen. I tell them the title, they tell me what they think it's about, I tell them what it's really about, and we all have a great time. Sean and Sonia, are you guys ready to play the game? Heck yeah! I'm ready. This week's title is Napoleon and Samantha. That title again, Napoleon and Samantha. Napoleon and Samantha, hmm. huh? Napoleon. Napoleon. Um, mm-hmm. It is my belief that it is a film starring a child, Jody. Child mm-hmm. Jody. And she <laughs> um, is, so she discovers a rift in time and she gets zipped back into the ages of the Napoleonic War and meets a funny little man and they become really good friends. Uh, they're initially like not jiving, but then he starts to respect her. She starts to respect him. And then she finds out that it's actually Napoleon. And then she becomes like part of his sort of crew uh, and helps him uh, get in some battles. And then obviously Waterloo comes along and it's a little, but, uh, it, and then she gets transported back in time. But he's like, it was nice to meet you, Samantha. And we'll, we'll always be Napoleon and Samantha. Wow. Wow. Thank you, Sean. Thank you. Wow. Yeah. Holy cow. Mm. Or maybe she convinces him to put a body double in at uh, Waterloo or something. And, then he, <laughs> he's to, and convinces him to stop doing war. I don't know. We, we're work, workshops. He goes to the Bill and Ted timeline. Okay, thank you, Sean. Thank you. Um, Sonia. Well, uh, I think this is really fun because Sean and I sort of had inverse ideas. So oh. likewise, I, I also think this is the stars of child Jodie Foster. And I also think time travel and Napoleon are involved. But I think that she is reading her textbook one night for history class and then she falls asleep. And when she mm. wakes up, Napoleon is sitting on her bed and has been transported through time into the modern day. And so it's sort of the reverse situation where I think, and it's so funny, Sean, because I was thinking the same thing, like, it's kind of an odd couple situation where they're not getting along. He's very difficult in French. Um, she's a hip California teen. Um, yeah. but eventually, and so she like takes him to school and maybe like dresses him up in um, 70s Puts clothing. him on a skateboard. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, hijinks ensue. I feel like I say that a lot in my game guesses, but that's what happens. It's always correct. <laughs> hijinks do, in fact, ensue. Um, thank you both for those, uh, rather intriguing ideas. Um, uh, I will say that both of you are correct in wow. that, um, it does star young jo- Jodie Foster, um, but incorrect in all the right ways, uh, compared to what, I mean, I assume that this movie is garbage. Um, I have not seen it and it sounds really bad, <laughs> but, um. Uh, your guys' movies sound way better than what what I'm about to read, but uh, no points for that. That's, Dang. Uh, that's not the game. All right. Um, Napoleon Samantha is a 1972 American adventure drama film. Uh, it stars uh, Johnny Whitaker, 
who as far as I can tell has only done this one single movie, uh, Jodie Foster and Michael Douglas. Um, it wow. is about a young boy who um, lives with his grandfather and they adopt a pet lion uh, when a clown can't take him back to Europe. Uh, they raise the lion Sorry. for a while. Uh, <laughs> it feels like I was having a stroke while you were saying that. Yeah, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. Uh, they raise the lion for a while. The grandfather passes away. And so um, the boy and his friend Samantha, played by Jody, um, just sort of go off wandering to try and find a spot to live. Um, oh. For those interested in checking out the film, I won't spoil it completely, but uh, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's it's pretty far out. They also have a pet rooster, uh, so <laughs> yeah. that's Napoleon. Slightly and more Samantha. normal. <laughs> um, so Michael plays the child. He was a child actor. Michael Douglas? No. Oh, okay. He, he, he plays, plays the adult. lion. Oh, I see. No, he plays a grad student uh, who <laughs> eventually helps out. But oh, okay. um yeah no it's it's crazy Sean it's nuts if you it's 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 crazy. Um you guys the game is of course brought to you by the 20th anniversary of CJTR. Yeah. If you want to make sure that CJTR lasts for another 20 years on air, there's no better way to, than to do that than by purchasing a CJTR membership. For the low cost of only $30 a year, you can receive our newsletter become more active with station activities like voting at our Radius Communications Incorporated annual general meeting, have the right to apply to become a volunteer radio host, and you can also enjoy a 10% off certain products at local businesses including Articulate Inc., X-Ray Records, Renewed Kitchens and Countertops, and B-Sharp Music. To pledge your undying love for community radio for longer than a year, we also have options for two-year, three-year, and five-year memberships, which come with additional benefits. If you have a business or involved in an organization, and you can also join our CJTR Community Supporter Program, we will list our supporters in our newsletter, and you will receive priority in on-air communication. Sorry, in on-air community connection, public service announcements, and receive access to our current adver advertising rank card. Enrollment starts the day you join and is renewable each year. The fee for joining the program is only thirty-five dollars a year. What? A deal. What a deal. To buy your membership <laughs> to buy your membership or join the community support program, go to cjtr.ca. You can also connect with us at 306-525-7274 or radius at cjtr.ca to ask any questions before joining. That is such and a thank good deal. You for listening. $35 is the average that a normal person spends on gasoline in a month, too. So how do you know? Yeah, I mean, that? maybe in twenty eleven. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much for that tidbit, Sean. Um, and with that, we will, Nobody get look back, it up. we will get back to the Foster film face-off, where we are squaring off some of the top films of Jodie Foster. Uh, this week, we're talking about her childhood films, and I was just about to give my score uh, for the movie Candleshoe uh, for her physicality. And um, mm -hmm. pretty exciting stuff. I gave the same same score as Sean. <laughs> I gave it a nine. Um <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. Like, there was some good physical stuff. Like, she was good. Like, it was fine. It just wasn't anything astounding. It's kind of how I feel. So now our next category is tension and emotion. Jair, what did you um, give? I put, I put a big old 12 in there. Um, mm. And I think that there are some really good scenes where some stuff is coming through. There's some sort of, like, cheeky stuff where she's, like, bickering with the man that kidnapped her i don't know what you want to call it oh my god um, that relationship is so weird <laughs> Very. it's so strange and it turns so quick because i like, thought we were supposed to like him right off the bat and then he mm. slaps her and we're like yeah oh. like it's just it's just a very strange um but like watching them sort of bicker and like like argue over how much she's gonna get is a little fun and crazy but then the end scene with the grandma where she like yes. puts all of that like you know and I, I think that they were sort of like, you know, oh, she's, you know, trying to be hard to protect herself. And then at the end, she sort of like opens up. I think they just did it too late. Mm -hmm. But uh, mm -hmm. I think it's there. Yeah. Do you know, Jeremy, I gave it a 11 and mm -hmm. my notes are very similar. I kind of wish that they did it like before she brings the whole gang in on the sh on the 
on the plan. I feel like that's when she could have uh, brought out that, you know, tough person breaking, showing their soft side moment. Um, Because then it's because there we do have that moment, but the camera cuts away immediately. She's like, hey, guys, I have something to tell you. Cut. And then all of a sudden everyone is in on the on the 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 fun. Um, Mm -hmm. But I she does great. She shows how like saw like as she's a fully a jet at the beginning and then she becomes so softened by this weird family and the shtick of the butler playing all of these <laughs> characters all of these workers in the castle because they're too poor to afford any so he gets in costume and like pretends to keep the ruse up for grandma and how she's like so sort of charmed by that um i don't know she's like she's so good and she felt really guilty about the loss of candle shoe mm. Mm-hmm. Again, yeah. What kind of name is that? But it's so funny. She acts a British. Yeah, one. silly British names. Um, yeah, I gave just I two gave, nouns. Shove them together. Exactly. I gave Jody a ten for tension and emotion. Um, I agree. I think that turn came a little too late, and there could have been a bit more building. But I do think like it was pretty effective. It it warmed my heart. Her whole relationship with the grandma and the rest of the family. Um. But yeah, as you point out, Sean, I meant to say this earlier, David Niven, who plays um, I forget, Priory, the butler, who also oh, yeah, who butler. plays multiple roles yeah, and multiple pretends characters. to be the all gardener the servants. and the chauffeur. Yeah. Yes, he is so, so good. Um, he was actually the very first James Bond. I don't know if you guys knew that. Um, no. But I feel like it's tough. Yeah, in, in 1962. Uh, Sir James Bond in the first Casino Royale. I learned that today. Um, oh. But yeah, I feel like it is tough because no one, I feel like, compared to his performance, can can fully shine. Because he just, he's shown so much for me. You you can't hold a candle, shoot to it. <laughs> Precisely, mm-hmm. Sean. Um, okay, last category, style points. Jer. Uh, I gave it a 13. Um, I think that at this point, if you... Like, someone else could have done it, but it would have been fundamentally different. And, like, there's something really fun about seeing a young Jodie Foster, like, forced into a dress that, like, kind of doesn't work on her. And, like, how either they forced that into the character or built it in, I don't know. But it just sort of works for me. Um, And I think that if you, like, if you start losing those things, you, you you know, it changes what it is. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I totally agree. I gave an 11. Um, yeah, her like her swagger, her like Keith Urban hair. I'm just like, it could have been another kid, but the sort of fish out of water tomboy vibe to it was really a part, I thought, of them being like, oh, she's like an up. She's a, you know, a rich English lady. And she's like, I'm actually a little street rat. Mm-hmm. A little tough mm-hmm. orphan. Yeah. 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 Um, I also gave an 11 for this because I agree, like, I think other kids could have done it, but it was just so fun watching Jody do it. She brings, she brings the Jody. She brings the Jody indeed. And so with that, we leave Candleshoe behind for now and we move on to our third and final film of this episode. Um, a little picture from 1976 called Freaky Friday. Um, the original. Uh, I mean, y'all know the premise of this movie. A teenage girl and her mom switch bodies for a day. Um, it was remade in 2003 with Lindsay Lohan and Jamie Lee Curtis. And honestly, I don't know which one I like better. And that's saying something. Um, it's very wild. This movie is bananas. Um, Mm -hmm. it's very different in the gender context of the seventies. Um, and it's also very different when it's, uh, when the, the family in question has a dad instead of a stepdad. Um, and some of the shenanigans that that brings up that made me deeply uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and also I found this movie yeah. incredibly stressful. What did, what did you guys think? Oh, absolutely. I'm supr- This film should have ended in divorce. <laughs> right? Like, I, <laughs> I feel uh, like I the whole thing was ramping up to just discovering more and more things about dad that were like he's the worst <laughs> uh i don't i don't know uh i don't think it's stressful 
Um, I I don't know. I I think there's some weird things about it, like the way that there's separate, like it's almost like sort of two different movies sandwiched together. Um, but uh, I've never seen the new one. Oh, yeah. So, like, do they interact yeah. that much in the new one, Sonia? I also haven't seen it. Do who interact? Like uh, Lindsay Jamie and, and Lindsay. Uh, because yeah. in this one, they do they never see each other or they never meet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's the same in the yeah, new one. The I don't body. think they meet, like, at all. Maybe once. Mm. It's pretty It's pretty similar, but, actually. Oh, okay. okay. Mm-hmm. But, but let's, I mean, let's um, get into the scores unless you guys have anything else pressing to say about this wild romp. Um, no, it was a wild romp. I. It was, yes. I will just correct. say maybe that I might be judging in accordance to Barbara Harris, mm-hmm. who put on a full tour de force, amazing, yeah. incredible, like performance. She's so dramatic and comedic, and I'm like, we we can't put someone else against this woman. She's doing so much. It's true. I <laughs> yeah, think they, I... well, I, we'll talk about it. But they picked the right Jody to act up, as we've talked about before. But uh, her co-star, you know, kind of steals the show. Yeah, she's incredible. Neither here nor there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Okay, so characterization. Hit me with the scores, boys. I gave... I'll hit you with my best shot. I gave a nine. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, Just because the conceit of the film is basically they have to set up a character very quickly with these big, broad strokes so that we can be like, oh, that's what she is. So we're just like, because they need time for mom to switch with her. So then we mm. just, we know that she's messy and she's athletic, okay. like a tomboy. <laughs> and <laughs> also I'm like, is she, is she out, <laughs> is she out uh, a gay child? And also, is she a stoner? Because that's the vibe I got as well. But I don't think she was either of the last two. Maybe in her and Maybe <laughs> yeah. off screen. Canonic, yeah. yeah. Um, I, I gave her an 11 and this really weird thing happens. Tell me if you guys feel the same way about this. This sort of covers a lot of my stuff here, but I feel like they both do a really good job when they're the other person, Mm -hmm. right? For the majority of the film, right? Like she's the mom and in that, like she does a really great job and, um, I gave her high points for voice. Those are coming. Um, but in this 11 for character, yeah, in this 11 for characterization, I've I've always felt that it was weird that they did the other character, but it's like they didn't know them or something. Yeah. You, you know, like, like oh, she's doing an impression of a teenager, just not the Jodie Foster we met in the first five minutes of the movie. Mm. Yeah, exactly. I, I, yeah. That's why and, I was like, I, is I, she a stoner? Because she makes her, like, Barbara Harris makes her be, like, so, like, sort of medicated all the time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. I oh, sorry, Jerry, were you done? No, I was just like uh, done enough. It was just sort of my score and a thing I'm going to talk about for this movie. But uh, I'm interested to see what you have to say. Yeah, because I gave I gave a twelve for characterization, and a big part of that I think was her characterization as the mum in her body, which mm-hmm. I think was closer to um, Barbara Harris's characterization of. Mrs. Andrews, like, in the beginning, even though it was short, than Barbara Harris's was to her. Um, It was, like, a bit stiff, maybe, like, a bit affected. Um, Like, especially the Mm -hmm. way she spoke. But I feel like she was very consistent with it and found a lot of comedy in it. And, like, I don't know. I thought she did a good Mm -hmm. job. So that's why I dwell. Yeah. Well, no, no. And I think, like, I think that's the thing is because both of them are doing a really good job Mm -hmm. of pretending to be this other person. I we just never got to meet that other person yeah. for that long, yeah. right? Like you know, like when she switches to the mom, the like the stuff she says is golden, but from what we have of that impression of her, I I just never thought that it fit. Yeah, I'm like, Maybe. is that what know. she does? Who's yeah, yeah, good. That's fair. Anyway, um, what about voice? Um, I actually gave seven for voice. <gasps> I wasn't that impressed. I thought she was like giving her this like weird British accent. Like, cause she's like, I'm prim and proper or whatever. And 
Uh, and it also kind of went, came and went. I don't know. I And sometimes I didn't know because they also do this thing where the the other character is speaking over like in their head is speaking. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I didn't. I was confused by like even who was speaking. <laughs> there was a lot going on. Anyway, it wasn't uh, my fave. Uh, I gave it my highest score, 14. Wow. Um, mm. Yeah, so it's uh, something totally different there, Sean. Um, no, yeah. I just thought, like, I like I never thought it was really consistent or anything, but I feel like she did build this character, like, this, this proper mother in voice. Like, I feel like that's where this all the work was done here. And I, I don't know. I feel like it worked really well. And she seemed like an adult. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, like, but yeah. is it because she is inherently else already an adult? Yeah, there's yes, like there is who she is. Yes, a hundred percent. Yes. Um. Yeah. Similar vibes. I'm kind of in between you two, I guess, because I gave an eleven for voice. Um. Because I did think it was quite effective, and like, especially the stuff like where she'd be talking to her friends. Um. Mm. I thought it was funny. Um. Physicality. Mm-hmm. Um, I gave an 11. She gets a few good opportunities here. Um, not as many as Barbara Harris, but mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. like the sort of big gag of just getting like absolutely assaulted on the lawn hockey field yeah. <laughs> by just like tons of girls. <laughs> They're just like crushing her. That was very funny. Um <laughs> Uh, there was also she made a strange decision when she's eating at the ice cream stand or ice cream shoppy, and she just like throws ice cream on the ground. Yeah, and I was like, "What kind of rude child is this?" <laughs> I don't know if that was meant for her character or not. I don't, I don't, I always never know if it's deliberate or if she's just like talking so with such emotion that it like hurls oh, out. It just flew I'm, not, off. I'm never sure. Yeah, I'm never sure. But um, I gave it uh, thirteen. Um, I do think there's a lot of fun stuff happening. I shouldn't, but I love the water skiing stuff. (laughs) It's so dumb. It doesn't make any sense. It's very poorly worked, and I think it's great. I think it's so good. Like, wait, you water ski too? Okay. (laughs) Yeah, it's, oh, it's hilarious. And, like, um, this isn't relevant to her physical performance, but the, the clear body double moments... Where it's yeah, very yeah. visibly another person, or when um when the mom is on the kite, like has taken off into the air, and I don't know if that was a body double or if it was literally a dummy, but the way that the legs were <laughs> yeah. just swinging—did you guys notice? Hanging, yeah, <laughs> yeah, so yeah they just stapled like a dummy to a kite for that. Yeah, like it looked like Kermit the and Frog in a, a dress it. and a wig. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so for but for physicality um for Jody I gave her an 11 as well um because yeah just like a lot of a lot of physical comedy she was doing a lot like she put she put the work in she got absolutely de- destroyed on that field hockey field so <laughs> uh, yeah. so yeah tension and emotion um I gave an 11 I was really feeling her talent during the father secretary scene who mm. that was a really great bit with she sort of threatens her secretary this like hot beautiful secretary and then she keeps coming back like more and more buttoned up and like <laughs> frumpified like deassified every time yeah. because um because she like when she walked in she showed this like understanding like when she saw this beautiful secretary and then kind of hurt and then this had this really sort of intense, threatening conversation with her about how her mother will, like, be very angry. Like, it was, like, very interesting. And I I really liked her in that scene. Mm-hmm. Um, I gave it a, a 10, which is a little bit lower than Sean's. And I feel like this is just for this sort of, like, mismatchy uh, situation between the, the two characters. And, um, I don't know, it, it, some of it, like, rings true, but just seems odd to me, uh, in the fact that, like, you know, I almost don't believe Barbara Harris's version as much as I believe Jody's yeah. version, mm. but, uh, yeah, I don't know, they, they should have had an 
interact more. I think they should have. They should have met at least. Yeah. Yeah. What's going on? Blah blah blah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I agree. Um, I gave an eight for tension and emotion, the lowest of the three of us, which doesn't happen very often. Um, and some of that I think is just the movie. Like I just I don't know. I don't feel like there was that much opportunity for it. I do hear what you're saying about that scene with the secretary, Sean, because it was very good. So like I don't know. Maybe it's not entirely fair, but. It's an eight for me. Um, mm-hmm. Style points. I gave an 11. I thought this particular version was well suited for her because of all the athleticism that character has to do. Um, and Or maybe she pushed them in the a- athletic direction. I'm not sure, but she did. I I think that was great. Um, I, I put a 10 down. Uh, I, you know, I feel like a different, a different person would have made this different. You know, not necessarily better, not necessarily worse, but uh, it doesn't have, you know, it doesn't reek of fosterness the way that other things do. That's fair. <laughs> yeah, I gave it a nine for the same reason. And again, because I feel like a little bit um, she was just playing herself. But we mm. are running low on time, so I'm going to cut right to the chase and tell us <laughs> what's happening. Um, so for this episode, in third place, we have Bugsy Malone with 138.5 points. In second wow. place, we have Freaky Friday with 158 points. And I think we all knew this was coming. In first place, we have Candleshoe with 163 points. So Candleshoe will be moving on to the finale. Boom, Boom, indeed. And with that, that's all the time we have for this week. So I'd like to give a shout out to Saskatoon's The Garys for the use of our theme song, Manituna, my co-hosts, Sean and Jeremy, everyone at CJTR, and to you, our beloved listeners, for lending us your ears. The show is broadcast live Wednesdays at 6 p.m., rebroadcast Fridays at 3 p.m., and is available as a podcast on CJTR's website and anywhere else you get your podcasts. My Electric is coming up next. Have a great week. Bye. See ya.